It's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. we're joined by Dr Catherine Wilkins and she's a veterinary doctor, a chiropractor and she's Hay House author of The Soul's Brain, The Neurology and Logic of Your Intuition. As well as all of that she's also developed Fractology which is a system of conscious intuition. So hello to Catherine. Hello Shelley, how are you doing? I'm great, that's such a background I can't wait to get started. (laughs) So it's quite a diverse background let's be honest and so I have to ask, what is the inspirational change that you can share today? To What's got you to where you are? Oh, well, um, a million different things, of course, <laughs> but uh, probably more than we have time to talk about. But I guess the main, the main gist of it uh, is that, well, I grew up the, the classic intuitive cuckoo in a scientific family. So, like, my, my dad's, a, well, he was a... a professor of mathematics so he really believed in education which meant that I I wasn't allowed to go on a gap year or anything like that you know you just have to keep on with your education so I had I really had no idea who I was or what I wanted to do at that at that age so that's how come I did the the veterinarian studies Uh, and then it really didn't take me that that much time to figure out the drugs and, and surgery wasn't wasn't me but it that would that was also connected with something that was going on for me personally which is that when you know you grow up in that kind of family and you're very intuitive well you know the intuition doesn't really fit into that sort of science kind of model so easily so I guess I shut all that side of me down and so that wasn't such a good thing and so when I started to open it all up again uh, as I said you know it doesn't take long for me to realize that drugs and surgery wasn't me so then I I really I was looking for what are the principles behind intuition because I was really trying to get my left and my right brain my science self and my intuitive self to stop having this war inside my own head. <laughs> it's kind of like all the, all the uh, well, arguments, discussions, whatever you want to call them, all of, you know, uh, that I had growing up about, well, whether intuition was, was real or whether it was just you were making stuff up. And instead, so instead of having those discussions with my family, they were, they were happening inside my own head. So, I had to find a way that my science side could actually work with my intuitive side and they could actually work together and it made sense from both perspectives and and that's actually what where fractology that's what fractology came out of. So that's blending Uh, the science with the intuition. Absolutely yeah because and and that's uh, that book that you mentioned which uh, I have to say, is actually on sale at the moment, if anyone's interested. <laughs> <laughs> they go onto the Hay House website, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, that, that 
the principles of my work, that's, that's what the principles uh, that I talk about in, that, in my book about the soul's brain, the neurology and logic of your intuition. Because to me, intuition, well, a lot of us look at it as if it's some kind of magic. You know, it's, it's this sort of rare thing that, that happens and it's a little bit mysterious, but it makes wonderful things happen. Well, to me, it, it, that's lovely. And it's a little bit like if we go back you know, three or 400 years ago, we didn't really understand the principles of music either. So in those days, it was only special and rare people who could actually be musicians. You were almost had to be born into it to be able to do it. It wasn't something that you could sit down and like anybody who was interested, they, we couldn't just sit down and learn it. But you know, since then, we've learned about the principles of music, you know, pitch and rhythm and the relationship of the different frequencies and all that kind of stuff. And so now, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's completely brilliant at it, but if people are interested in it, if they want to learn about music, they can, they can learn about it. And to me, intuition is, is the same because there's always been people who were not just intuitive, but who could be consistently intuitive. And if, if anything can be done consistently, then it's, it's not random. There, is, there are some principles at work there. So, yeah, so that's what I set out to, to, to find for my own sake, really. So, that, as I said, so I could stop this argument in my head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but once I stopped the argument in my own head, I, I found that it, when I was working with other people, you know, if, if I shared those principles with them that, they were really a benefit to a lot of people. So then I put it all together in the, into the, the system of fractology. And yeah, anyone who wants to learn to develop intuition as a consistent skill, well, it's like any skill. It takes a bit of work to, to or practice really. It takes a bit of practice to get there. But as long as you've got a little bit of knowledge and you're prepared to do the practice, you can develop the skill. So intuition sounds a little bit like a muscle that if we work on it we can get it going as such but why is intuition so important do you think well apart from the fact that it is it is kind of magical and that's really lovely and fun uh <laughs> it's it's actually to me it's because of the way that it works now uh, there's there's actually several reasons why it's important one is because intuition it, it, it is very much connected with our ability to be connected to who we really are. It's kind of like if the more that we are in alignment with or, you know, centred in our, in ourself, it's kind of like the less noise that we have in our own, in our, in our own head, in our own space. And, and so it's much easier to hear uh, our intuition talking to us. So, to me, intuition is important because the more that we practice it, it actually makes it easier for us to then be in our authenticity because that is really what our intuition is for. Our intuition is that part of us that is trying to tell us all the time what it is that we need to do to help ourselves thrive, to, to really be brilliant in our own life. <laughs> And so the more that we listen to it, the more that we can live in our authenticity. But I th also think it's becoming, with, with the way that the world is becoming more and more connected uh, and more and more complex because of the way it's becoming more and more interconnected, I think that 
we need a way to be able to navigate that complexity. See, the, the way that most of us were, were kind of taught to think growing up was in this very right, wrong kind of thinking. So it's kind of like we had two boxes. One was right, one was wrong, and we had to decide which box to put everything into. And you know, sometimes I, I suppose it was something was right, something was wrong, and the other answer was maybe. But maybe just meant you hadn't decided which box to go put it into yet. <laughs> and then, you know, as, as the world became more complex, we tried to make that very simple system. We tried to kind of stretch that system to, to fit more things by saying, well, some things are more right than other things. But unfortunately, that just makes everything very murky because it means that people can say, well, okay, this might be wrong, but it's less wrong than that thing, so it's okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, things can get quite murky. So the thing is, is that intuition, the way that intuition works is that not only it, it works two ways. One is, is it has this pattern-based way of thinking. So, for example, if you think of a tree, so your, your little left brain, the, the right, wrong part of at the way our thinking likes to go it likes to collect all bits and pieces of facts and figures about the tree like okay so the the, the chlorophyll the green pigment it it transforms sunlight into sugar you know so energy from one form to another so the tree can use it and other facts and figures but what your right brain does is it it looks at the tree and it it just it it looks sort of past all the, the little twiglets and the branches and it, act, it it's looking for the pattern that connects all those facts and figures. And then that tells you what parts of the tree are actually growing uh, in, in alignment with that pattern and which parts of the tree are growing out of alignment with that pattern. So, and that's actually a lot to of how your intuition is, is working. Because if, if there's a part of the tree that's out of alignment, well, clearly that part of the tree is got a little bit of trouble, whether it's because it's got a, you know, a parasite or a broken branch or something. Whereas the parts of the tree that are in alignment, those parts of the tree are healthy. Does that make sense? Yeah, so is this how you're bridging your kind of your science with the intuition? With the tree example yes. yeah yeah so the your left brain finds all the facts and figures but your right brain tells you or your intuit or your intuition tells you how to line up all those facts and figures so that there is there it's actually going to work for you it's actually going to support who you really are it's going to support your your authenticity or whatever it is you're trying you're wanting to create but also because it works from this pattern-based way of thinking, it has this ability to connect up sometimes very diverse you know, bits and pieces into a bigger pattern. So it, it gives us a way of working with that, um, it gives us a way of working with very complex things, but it also gives us a way that we can move beyond right and wrong. Right. because it enables us to start to operate more from systems thinking. So systems thinking is more like, well, instead of looking at it, is this right or is this wrong? 
it's it's looking at well this is what i want to create whether it's my own authenticity or this particular project or whatever okay so that's what your intuition is is actually attempting to do it's attempting to guide you towards the outcome that you're after yeah so you and your intuition you know when you get those funny little feelings so whether it's a funny uneasy feeling so that's telling you ah you're getting off track so you need to get back on track for where you want to go when you get a funny excited feeling or happy feeling that's saying yeah you're on track keep going yeah so yeah so then it it and when the more that we start to operate from that the the more that we realize it's not important whether things are right or wrong in a sense what is important is if we're on track or not yeah so it you know the more that we realize that we work on that the more that we stop giving ourselves a hard time about things because we realize it's like okay so i made a mistake so i made a mistake i got off track but if i spend all this time giving myself a hard time about getting off track all that i'm doing is i'm wasting time that i could be using to get back on track so we yeah. we very quickly start to realize when we think that way particularly when we learn to think that way consciously yeah that it mistakes aren't important in in the sense of they're not really going to ultimately determine what the outcome is what is more important is how fast can we correct yeah and i love that i mean i did grow up absolutely with the right and wrong but as I get older, yeah, <laughs> the parenting, <laughs> the parenting of the seventies, I tell you, but, um, I think now <laughs> it's not so much right and wrong. I just put everything down to experience, but I've been through so many like life lessons to get to that point going, Oh, it's just a life lesson. It's just an experience. You know, it's all just what it is, but it is a real learning curve. But the intuition, I get that, um, that kind of niggle, isn't it? You get in your tummy, but interestingly, when you speak about the soul sea, you don't think it is in your stomach, do you? No, I mean, the thing is, is the, I talk about the soul seat because it is a, a point of reference that seems to work for, you know, everybody. So the soul seat's actually here. So the way that you find it is you come to, oh, it's called the sternal notch, but basically it's the top of your breastbone where your two collarbones come together. You start there and you come down, I don't know, two inches or five centimetres, whatever you're thinking, and you'll, you'll find actually a little ridge on your breastbone. Um, so it's actually where your second rib attaches, if, if you know a little bit of anatomy, but never mind. So there's just, <laughs> if you come down, you know, sort of a couple of inches or five centimetres, you'll find that little ridge. And the sole seat, the point that we're after is actually just at the top of that ridge. Okay. Um, now, that point's actually been called several things over the years. Soul seat, the high heart, um, but it's actually also over the thymus. Yeah. And the thymus is part of your immune system. And so if you've ever heard of T cells, yeah. you know, that doesn't matter if you haven't, but if you've heard of T cells, the T actually stands for thymus. So, you know, it's, it is a very important part of your immune system. And if you think about what your immune system does, your, your immune system says, look, you know, this is part of me, so I better look after it that's not part of me so I, I better get rid of it or whatever yeah yeah so because of that you know um one of the old words for intuitive was um actually they used to just be called sensitives which in a way is a term that i like because it's yeah. it's quite 
for me it's quite accurate because really what it is is intuitive people everybody's really intuitive but whether they're consciously intuitive or not is another thing yeah um yeah because it's it's about can you pay conscious attention to those more subtle signals yeah absolutely yeah so you know our we all have an immune system obviously so really learning to pay conscious attention to how it's feeling in in that area really what we're doing is we're using our inbuilt system our immune system to help us train ourselves to pay attention to those things that are going to be expansive for us or that are going to well really not be so good for us so yeah but that what you were saying about getting a niggle in your gut yeah you know that that's also valid because um the interesting thing about your intuition is that although the principles of it are the same and i can you know teach everybody that because the purpose of intuition is really it's about you know, my intuition is to help me be more Catherine. Yours is to help you be more Shelley. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, that's what the purpose of our intuition is. So it is in many ways, one of the, one of the things that can take a little bit of time and sometimes a little bit of you know, experiment or patience or something is learning to understand how it is that your intuition talks to you because it's almost like your intuition is talking to you in your own private language okay so if we were to start today with intuition which is one of my favorite words i love things like intuition magic alchemy all of those (laughs) but with the the intuition what tip could you give us to like start today how would we start to tap into that okay so one is as i said your, your intuition is very much, you know, the, the more you are centered in your own self, the more that you are going to be able to um, tap into your intuition because those two things, you know, they're very closely connected. So one of the first tips is, you know, certainly go and learn about your soul seat, but one of the, the 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 truths about your intuition and it's again it's just inbuilt in your neurology is that when we get ourselves freaked out you know and of course at the moment it's it's, it's very easy for a lot of people to be a bit freaked out at the moment <laughs> there's a lot of freaking um, out <laughs> yes there is um but it's like if we can if we can just calm our system down so that it's easier for us to to center ourselves to hear ourselves uh, that that just makes it so much easier so one of the things that we can do without any training whatsoever is just breathe good advice so <laughs> yes it's, yeah, breathing's helpful um, so but if one of the tricks with your breathing is that when we breathe that you know through the mind body connection um if you really kind of do your best to just slow down the out breath that actually can drop you into those um deeper states if you know what i'm uh, what i'm talking about so do, do you know like the brain wave states you know you've got beta alpha theta yeah and i think of the parasympathetic system as well like with your box yeah exactly yeah. so when you're when you're in beta, you know your, your brain is going ten to the dozen kind of thing, and yeah. um, that that's when you're in freak out mode. 
you know, that's when you're in fight flight. So, uh, you, you, need, you know, so and then in alpha, that's more a state of relaxed alertness. And the deeper that that we go, theta, and you know, they say that some of the you know the 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 yogi masters, you know, they can actually even be in delta and still be conscious. Although you know, most of us are <laughs> probably in a little bit of a coma or something if we're in delta. Yeah. but <laughs> we're speaking directly to God, something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But through the mind-body connection. See, we all know that when we get ourselves freaked out, we tend to, you know, our breathing just picks up speed. We tend to go, <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we have that rapid breathing. And that actually sort of becomes self-reinforcing because through the mind-body connection, we're breathing like that, you know, it, it puts our, our brain into that beta state. And the beta state will then make us breathe even faster and, and yeah. so on. So just by slowing down the breathing and particularly slowing down the out breath. So if you just breathe in and then just do your best to really relax on the out breath so that the breath just takes as long as you can let it take. See, I mean, even just me talking like that, everything just. Yeah, sounds... that was me. I was just thinking, breathe, Shelley. <laughs> it's your voice. I was like, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Yeah. So just by, by calm, like slowing down the out breath, that, that is a signal to your whole body. All right, let's just calm and get centered here. So that's the first tip. The other tip is um, because your intuition is, it's all about um, being focused on uh, you know, what you want to create. So the more that you can focus on what you do want rather than what you don't want, you know, the better you'll do. Now, what do I mean by that? It's, it's that old thing about, you know, if I say to you, Shelly, you know, this is really important. Whatever you do, do not think of a pink elephant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, see, of course, the interesting thing is the only way we can avoid thinking of a pink elephant is to immediately think of a purple giraffe or something. <laughs> I love the zoos you must have in Australia. <laughs> uh, my dad used to tell stories about Akbar, the invisible green camel. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so the thing is, and it's really interesting. I mean, the times that we're going through now, you know, with all the social media stuff and everything that goes on, they actually say that we're, we're not really even in the information economy anymore or the information age. We're actually now in the attention economy because the things that can grab our attention, well, they can turn that into cash, really. Yeah. So, but that in itself highlights how important it is for us to be focused on the things that really work for us. And your intuition, interestingly, works the same way. Yeah. You want to be focused on the things that you want to create, not the things that you don't want to create. And one of the, one of the really simple tricks to help us um, get to do that is, uh, see, most of the time, one of the questions that people ask themselves all the time is, can I do that? Or, you know, whatever it is that they want. And, you know, they say that there's no such thing as a stupid question. 
but sorry, that's a stupid <laughs> question. <laughs> it's a stupid question because it's really not helpful. When we ask ourselves, can I do that? The problem is, is, well, what's the answer? Yes or no? Yeah. And if the answer's yes, you, you know further forward, actually. So you haven't really got a lot out of that question. And if the answer's no, you've just stopped yourself. So that's a question that's got lots of downside and no upside. But it, you can change it with one little word. And that little word is how. So instead of asking yourself, can I do this? If you ask yourself, how can I do this? Yeah. Well, your, your mind will immediately focus on what it is that you want and how to navigate yourself to get there. So that one question, how can I do this? How can I achieve this? You know, whatever it is for you. And you've changed it immediately because that question also, it has no downside because you're kind of assuming that there is a way. Yeah. And it's really interesting how when we assume there is a way, we, we tend to find it. Um, and there's, obviously there's all upside because most, you know, you will find a way. And even in this current situation, I go, um, I mean, we had some of the same silliness going on here as, you know, you guys from what we hear we're having, you know, like people hoarding toilet paper for some reason. Yeah. 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 It's worth more than gold. So, act <laughs> well, so at the beginning of, um, beginning of the situation, I, yeah, cause, um, I didn't actually, because I, I, I don't, to be honest, I don't tend to listen to the news too much. Cause no, I don't. No. So I, I'd actually gone into the supermarket to, cause I was getting low, just, you know, and I walked in and all the, all the shelves were there. And I looked at that and went, oh, that's weird. They must, you know, are the suppliers on strike or something? I thought, oh, I'm not going to worry about it. I'll just, so I just set, you know, set my intuition, you know, it's like, well, tell me, you know, let me know when there's toilet paper. And anyway, so a little, you know, a day or so later, I just got the sense of like, oh, I should go, I should go there. So um, I did and it wasn't, you know, the toilet paper I normally get, but you know, it was fine. Um, <laughs> Does the then, job. <laughs> yes. And then of course I started hearing about everything that was going on and then I went, oh, so then of course, I thought, oh, well, I better get some more in case we need it at the clinic. So again, I just said to my intuition, well, tell me where to go. And I did, you know, a different place this time. But, and then I, I, we didn't really need it for the clinic so much, but some of, I was, I was handing out emergency rolls to some of my clients. <laughs> and one of my clients was saying, oh, you know, he was very grateful because his got a much larger family than me and they were down to their last role and he said well where did you find it and I said I just asked my intuition you know I said you can do it the same you know same thing you know how can I get toilet paper or you know where do I need to go you know to get toilet paper because he was saying when he came to see me that day he said that that was what his afternoon was his afternoon was going to eat every single supermarket or shop he could find or think of hunting for toilet paper. And I said, well, yeah, you could do that, but that sounds very tedious. You know, see, because our intuition is so good at navigating, it enables us to actually navigate life in a way that is much easier and much more graceful. 
And so I said to her, look, just, you know, you can do this. You've got this, you've got intuition, but you've got to, you've got to activate your intuition by you know, focusing on what you want. So if in, you know, if just ask yourself, right, you know, where do I need to go to get the toilet paper? And <laughs> when I saw him the next time, um, all he, you know, he texted me actually, but um, yeah, he, when, when I told him to ask himself that question, he immediately got a thought, you know, oh, an wow. answer popped into his head. And so he went to that place on the way home and sure enough, there was toilet paper. Do you think from that story, because you know, like I say, Noda, what's the tip to kickstart the intuition today? And it could be sort of sitting down, doing a meditation, breath work. But do you think it works well for the non-believers, like the gentleman with the toilet roll, where you think, well, I don't believe it, but how can I find toilet roll? Do you think when you sort of surrender to it, it still comes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But you see, there's, um, but there's the, the same principles still apply. So it is, it is very much part of our inbuilt system. You know, we, we actually do, just in the same way as we can recognize the pattern of a tree, we, we all have inbuilt intuition. It's just that, see, most people expect their intuition to just be able to work, you know, immediately. Yeah. Because we forget that when we were, we were, when we were kids, we spent years and years learning how to use our left brain. We went, spent years and years learning how to read, how to write, you know, how to, I don't know, do maths, you know, basic sums or whatever it is. And we, are, we, but that, we spent all of those years at school, really, for most of us, you know, unless you went to art school or something, most of us didn't do much training on the right side of our brain. Mm -hmm. Most of us did all of our education, all of our training on the left side of our brain. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that, you know, someone who's never had that training doesn't have the capacity for it. You know, they they just haven't had the training. Well, intuition is very much like that. Everybody's got the capacity, but whether or not we choose to develop it consciously, that's a very different question. But the, the same principles still apply. Like, you know, you know, if we if we stop and because in order to hear the answer when you know we have to stop and, and listen so the you know, the more that we just stop and calm ourselves down so we can you know hear the answer yeah. that that helps and then asking the question um that is actually helps our mind focus on well how do i get from here to where i want to go um yeah for most people they will get they would they will get an answer but then of course there is this other little bit which is goes back to our connection to ourself and our authenticity is then you have to be willing to to trust or act on the answer yeah and that's huge isn't it that is when we override it and think nah ego led and we sort of go off on one yeah absolutely see the thing is is that you know it it is learning to trust ourselves with our intuition is just like learning to trust anyone. You know, it's once we've, I mean, I, I obviously am very comfortable with my intuition, but then I've worked with it for years. So that um, you know, if, I, if I get an intuition around something that might ordinarily be a bit riskier, like, uh, 
when I bought my house, for example. Yeah. Um, like the, the house that, that I bought, quite frankly, well, the aesthetic of it when I bought it is what I described as old man manky, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, yeah, like the people who'd lived there had lived there for a very long time. And every time they'd done something to the house, somehow or other the house had got smaller and darker. <laughs> and, um, but I just, I just knew that underneath there. So anyway, so a lot of it has been, you know, fixing up the place was what I, it was almost like renovation archeology span in a way, but you know, stripping off layers and layers of masonite and, you know, but underneath all of that, there was, you know, original pressed metal ceilings. There was original sort of wooden lining boards and, you know, all sorts of gorgeous original features, but it was yeah. under layers of a whole lot of other stuff. <laughs> but see, that's to trust, to trust my intuition over something. Obviously that's a, that's a bigger decision. And um, if I hadn't been working with my intuition for years, I don't know that I would have been willing to listen on such a big decision. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, in, in a funny way, um, this current situation, I've actually, that's one of the things I've been telling my, my clients is like, well, it's in some ways it's a perfect time to, to practice working with your intuition, yeah. you know, because if it's going to help you find toilet paper <laughs> or whatever else it is that you need, um, and of course, that's that's a fairly low risk situation. I mean, yeah, you know, that's really valid because some people be thinking like, oh, we don't know. But yeah, start with toilet rolls, or start with like, should I have a like, you know, this in my sandwich for lunch, or this, you know, start small yeah. and do it. You said about you hear the answers. To me, it's like um, I get a knowing. It's just like, right, Shelley, this is what you need to do. So, how else might somebody know their intuitions working? And you say you can hear it. I fit think I have a knowing or a sense it how else would people know yeah what yeah I should probably mention I've recently started up a, a YouTube channel on living intuitively that okay that, um yeah so if if people want to um because uh, I'm just mentioning that because I know that I've done a video on the kind of like 10 different intuitive languages but I might miss I might forget some right now so that's, <laughs> that's why I'm mentioning it um yeah because because we are all wired up differently I mean yeah. that's kind of the trick I mean it's like you know because we're all human so we all follow um a basic pattern but we're all you know just in the same way as every single snowflake is a, a six-pointed star but at the same time each one is a completely unique six-pointed star yeah. So sure, we're all human, but we're all put together in a completely unique way. And because of that, uh, our own personal language is actually quite unique to us. So yes, knowing is, uh, that is a, that is a way, you know, that is one kind of intuition. It's the same the way I often talk about that. It's the same thing as well, for me, intuition, there's kind of like two parts to it. There's like internal alignment when you're, when you're connected to yourself. And then there's external alignment. Like, what are you going to do with that awareness in the world? And it's, it's usually when we get those two lined up that, you know, our intuition is obviously that it's most effective. Yeah. And so that, that sense of knowing, to me, it's often 
that state of internal alignment. It's like when every part of us is all lined up, it, it's just that sense of knowing because there's, there, we don't have any voices going, are you sure? You know, it's <laughs> like we just, every part of us agrees. So yeah, yeah so that, that state of knowing is, some people call it a sense of calm, you know, that, that it feels calm inside or it's a knowing or it's just a sense of alignment. But yeah, that, that is a really, um, you know, that's a really clear, for me, that's a really clear sign that yes, your yeah. intuition is sort of firing on all cylinders. But, um, you know, one of the other terms for intuition is our is extrasensory perception because in many ways intuition, because the universe is, you know, it's, it's all kind of electromagnetic radiation or if you prefer it's all energy but that energy it all has you know it has different frequencies different um you know we know that we have you know infrared light ultraviolet we have the visible spectrum we have radio waves tv waves microwaves you know, they're all different parts of that electromagnetic spectrum but so our physical senses they we just perceive like little little slices out of that. You know, I, I talk about all of this in my book, but the thing is, is that you know, the, we know that like different animals, um, for example, they actually can see different, different parts of the electromagnetic spectrum to, to what we can see. Like for example, um, reptiles can see infrared which, you know, it, it, that isn't just about, you know, hunting dinner at night or whatever. That's, that is, you know, when, if you're a reptile and you have to warm yourself up in the morning before you can get going, it's really helpful to know which is the warmest rock. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that makes sense. With, we know that a lot of insects can see uh, ultraviolet. And apparent, and, and if you actually look at a lot of flowers under a, an ultraviolet, in, in the ultraviolet light, so to us, the flower might just look, you know, it might all look like, you know, one colour, it might all look red or yellow or whatever. But under ultraviolet light, it's almost like it's got arrows pointing at the, at the middle going, well, you know, that's where the pollen is. Because oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we also know, for example, that um, that birds can actually see the magnetic lines, um, uh, you know, of of the planet, which is how they navigate. They found what the longitude and latitude. Well, they actually. I mean, they're not following, you know, GPS coordinates, but they, they <laughs> yes, are actually yet. can see. <laughs> yeah, they can actually, you know, like we, that our planet has this um, electromagnetic, you know, we have, we do have a North Pole and a South Pole and yeah. there's electro, there's magnetic yeah. lines that go around the planet. Well, the, the, the birds can see that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's how they can navigate. And they've, they've, and so they've actually also shown that, our, we, we don't, we can't, we can't see that. We can't see physically those electromagnetic lines. Sorry, the, yeah, the magnetic lines. But they have actually, they've done experiments in uh, Stanford, actually. And they've actually shown that we may not be able to see the magnetic lines, but our brain will actually respond. If the magnetic, if the mag, if the magnet, 
uh, if the magnetic field around us changes, our brain will respond to it. Okay. Now, some people's brains respond really strongly, other people not so much. Yeah. Now, sorry, this is a very long-winded way of answering your question. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that intuition, in a way, it's kind of like being able to perceive things directly with your brain. Okay. Right. But, but at the same time, in order for us to understand what our brain is perceiving, it will tend to present that information to us as if it is coming through one yeah. of our senses or another. So when okay. we just get that sense of knowing, it's almost like, well, our brain has just picked it up and we've just got it directly from our brain. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But sometimes, particularly when we're first learning um, to work with our intuition, you know, it's like the brain is trying to give us the information in a way that we can understand it. Yeah. Because in many ways with intuition, you know, many, you know, we all pick it up, but the question is how good is our interpretation of what we're picking up? Yeah. You know, it's like even before we could read, we could see all the little squiggles on the paper, yeah. but our ability to interpret them probably wasn't very good. Anyway, so, yeah, so some people, because of that, they, they, will, they will see, you know, they, it's almost like they're getting pictures in their head. Yeah. Um, and so that could be just different colours or it could actually be, or symbols or it could actually be as if they've got like a little video playing in their head yeah um some people will hear things again it could it could be you know like symbolic things or it could be like somebody you know or as if somebody's playing music or it could be like as if somebody's standing next to them talking uh, some people will feel things um so uh, they might feel it actually almost as if it's a physical thing, like a, like that feeling in the gut or you know, a chill or something, or um, they'll get it sort of more like an emotion. Um, some people will, even, will also get it through taste or smell. So are these all like the clairs, like the clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience? Is it exactly yes. that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is exactly that. Yeah, but um, just but for example, if you're clairaudient, doesn't necessarily mean that you just it's always just hearing people talking. No. You know, it could be just a sound or something. So it's it's a, it is actually learning to interpret that. So for example, for me, like with me, because see, if do you know? Like in NLP, they talk about modalities, like some of us are more visual, some of us are more yeah, auditory, auditory yeah. and the kinesthetic, the things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the thing is, is that it, it, it isn't necessarily um, a guarantee, but the chances are that if, if you are more visual, your, your intuition's probably likely to be more visual because yeah. your system just works that way. If you're more... You know, if you're more um, auditory, you, you, you know, you're more likely to be clairaudient and so on. It's not a complete, it doesn't always work 100% of the time, but it's, you know, it's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, so for me, um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite visual. So, and of course, you know, as, <laughs> as, as you said in that, in, in, in the introduction, so thank you, is that, um, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm a chiropractor, I'm a, I'm a vet, vet. So, um, of course, one of the things that you're taught to do is to read x-rays. So with my intuition, 
you know, when it, when I was first starting to really work with it consciously, it was almost as if people had an x-ray film in front of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, of course, I, it was just like I was seeing that in my head. Now, of course, we don't walk around with x-ray films in front of us. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that that was what was really going on, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, but it was just like that was because I, I knew how to read x-rays. It's like my, my brain was doing its best to give me the information. Yeah. And because that was something that I could interpret, you know, so, but see, um, but it's like most things. So actually that, I, I tell a slight little lie. Um, <laughs> actually the first, the, first, the first thing that I actually started to see was, there, well, it wasn't even a complete x-ray. It was almost like I could just see black blobs on people. Okay. And that's because that was where their system was, you know, disconnected or shut down or something. But as I said, it, it is like trust. It's like the more that you work with it, the more that yeah. you go, okay, well, you like you're prepared to um, act on the information that your intuition is giving you. Well, it's just, it's just like, well, it's just like any of your friends. If your friends tell you stuff and you ignore it, then, you know, they're not likely to tell you a lot more. Yeah. Whereas if you, if you talk to your intuition or, you know, you listen to your intuition and you act on it, well, then it will give you more information, you know? So, yeah. So when I started to see those black blobs and I would go, okay, so I would focus on that area and, you know, do whatever was necessary to, to clear whatever that was. Well, then after a while, then, the, you know, it's almost like the blobs turned into x-ray films and, you know, I don't see anything like that these days. It's almost because, you know, I've worked with my intuition sort of long enough that it's almost like I can read energy as easily as I can read a piece of paper these days. I love that. I just love the, like, the story behind your intuition. And it's going to be really helpful because <laughs> I really hope that people are going to start trying to trust their intuition. I think we use it in the extreme that we think only when we're scared do I go down this alley in the dark. Always probably no, I should imagine. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> generally in, good advice. Generally good advice. <laughs> probably don't need your intuition in that scenario. Just don't do it. <laughs> but I think, you know, you can start to use it like, you know, should I return to work? You know, when we're going back to this new normal, as we're calling it, you know, uh-huh. maybe while you're sitting here in the current normal, we could start to use the intuition while we've got the time, we've got this slowed down during lockdown it's a really, as you said, a really good time to start, but be really open about how it can present because you could be visual, hearing, niggles, anywhere in the body, outside of the body. So yeah, thank well, you. Yeah, it's really helpful. Oh, well, oh, cool. Well, so like <laughs> in actual fact, one of the, one of the little exercises that um, uh, I get some of my students to do if, uh, to, if if they want to try and sort of um, if they need a more kind of formal way to try and figure out well how is my intuition talking to me, is to get a like a number of little um, little boxes like little match boxes or something, and um, so the boxes all need to to look the same, and um, put put something different in each one of the little boxes. Yeah. Yeah. So you might I don't know put a key in one and a monopoly piece in another and a, I don't know, a, a, you know, a couple of coins in the next one or something. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is. 
but um, and then what you do is you you close your eyes and you you mix them all up, and then and then what what you're working to do is you 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 know your intention is to use your intuition to tell you well which which thing is in which box. Right. But the trick is is to not just sort of try is to try to take your time and not just leap to you know well the the keys in that box and the, yeah. the coins in that box or whatever but to actually consciously go and it's actually helpful for people to write things down as well is to um go through at, like each one of their senses you know to focus on each of the boxes sort of almost as if okay like you know, if I look at this, am I getting any pictures in my head when I look at the different boxes? Yes. When I focus on each of the boxes, then, you know, then do it, you know, auditarily. You know, when I focus on each of the different boxes, do I, am I hearing something? different? And then write those things down. And then at the end, then you can um, have a look at what, what all the different senses are telling you about each box and then see what, you know, if if that sort of all adds up to a you know which object is in which box, and the the thing is, is if you do this is important for a couple of reasons, because the problem is is that we tend to leap to the interpretation. Yeah. But that's sometimes we get the interpretation wrong. Like um, uh, in my book, um, yeah, the soul's brain. Um, I tell the story of like this is from. Um, uh, this is from some years ago, because I, I used to do this exercise quite often with, with my students. I would actually get a, like a shoe box and I would put uh, just whatever weird objects were around the house, <laughs> um, like in the box. And then I, and I, would, I would get them to you know, do the same exercise, but obviously they had no idea what was in the box. Yeah. And, um, no, it was interesting. I mean, they with a bit of practice, they all got you know quite good at it, really. Yeah. Um, but this particular, you know, this particular story was like it just shows that the importance of going through each one of your senses and writing it down, so you, so you've got it there. Because what what this particular time, this um, this one student, she she drew this object because like if you get little images, I, I say, well, you know doesn't matter it's not about the quality of the drawing just you know <laughs> draw it <laughs> so she drew this long skinny thing with a point at the end you know and of course she wrote underneath it pen because that's what she assumed it was she thought it was a pen anyway then when I took the lid off the box when everybody was done she looked in there and she goes oh I didn't get anything right and I looked at her and I said hang on a minute and I pulled out one of the objects which was a six inch nail I have no idea why I had a six inch nail. No. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, it must have been for some reason. Anyway, but like she clearly she'd seen it. She'd seen the shape. Yeah. But her interpretation was, yeah. you know, obviously needed some work. So, yeah. So the problem is, is if we keep jumping to the interpretation, we don't always start to. Um, yeah, that can make it very hard to really start to get a better process. Yeah. Whereas if we stop and we actually quite um, consciously go through the process of listening to each one of our different senses, 
we start to get um, you know, more self-aware about like which which sense works better for us. Yeah. And um, and then of course once we know which of our senses is the most reliable, well then then we know and we can we can listen we can pay particular attention if our intuition is coming in that way and of course interestingly when we do that over time when when that we know that that particular sense is more reliable we develop that trust and then it it, it does over time then tend to open up because these days i can get my intuition through any sense really yeah but but i know that internal state that sense of not just a sense of knowing but i that that I know when I've got that sense of internal alignment, I know what that feels like. So I know when it's just, you know, me talking nonsense to myself and, <laughs> and when it's my intuition talking to me. So people might get a mix though, mightn't they? They might not get a strong one because I know I'm sort of like clairaudient, clairvoyant, clairsentient. So you can have a mix, isn't it? Well, of course, as I said, it's, it's yeah. your, you know, it's your, you're perceiving things directly with your brain. Um, yeah, you can. I mean, um, you might find that certain intuitions around certain things tend to mm. come more specifically through one area or another. Yeah. So I think of the future, it's visual. I can see things visually in the future, but more current things, it's more of like a sense or a knowing. Yeah. 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 That's a good, you know, when I'm working with clients, um, for some unfortunate reason, when I'm working with clients and there's some old toxicity in their system, I always get it as a taste. It's gross, but <laughs> it's very accurate, you know. I, so there's all this, you know, there's a number of drugs that I have personally never taken, but I know what each one of them tastes like. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, um, and sometimes... You know, it, it is tricky to, to interpret it. Like I, I was working with a client once and he was a, he was a fairly youngish chap. Um, and, um, but, uh, well, his, his, he came from a, a sort of a, a Mediterranean, like his family was sort of Mediterranean culture. They have, you know, there's a lot of weddings, very extended <laughs> family, lots of weddings. But anyway, he came to see me really because even though he was quite young, he was um, he was starting to actually have liver trouble. No, no apparent reason for it. No family history. Fairly young guy. Okay, maybe he drank a bit of alcohol, but not excessively. You know, so you know what was going on. And so I started working on his liver. And when I was working on him, it's like I started to smell not not something revolting which is what i would have expected because you know i was working on clearing all these because yeah. there was you know because i could when i was working on him i could you know the gross bit was i could taste these pesticides and i oh. said you've got pesticides in your system i and he go and he goes where would i get that have got that from and i said i have no idea um but that's what i'm getting and he goes oh, all right i mean he thought it was a bit of a loon anyway it doesn't matter um <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I started to work on clearing the pesticides and I started smelling all these really beautiful flowers. And I just, I just thought, you know, it was, it was during the summer and, you know, the, the windows were open. So I, I just thought, well, 
must be coming in from outside. Yeah. But, you know, so I, I tried, but it just, I like sort of kept trying to just sort of put it aside, but it just kept coming back stronger and stronger and stronger. And so in the end, I had to say to him, I said, it's, it's the weirdest thing. I'm smelling all these beautiful flowers. And he just looked at me and he started laughing. <laughs> and I said, okay, you know, give, you know, what's, <laughs> he said, he said, well, his, you know, he's a guy, so he's, his drunk trick at the, at these weddings, like when he got, um, when he'd had enough drinks, he would start eating the floral decorations on the tables. <laughs> it's like, okay, so now we know where the pesticides come from. <laughs> That's you know, a brilliant story. Like, <laughs> but my point is, is it's like, you know, on the surface, that's a ludicrous thing, but yeah. you know. So sometimes, yeah. sometimes, yeah, you you are actually getting accurate information. Yeah. But sometimes you don't have all, enough information to be able to interpret it. But if you don't trust what you're getting, you're not going to go looking for, you know, the information that you need in order to be able to interpret it properly. Yeah. That's a brilliant story. I absolutely love that. And that is a real leap of faith in yourself, isn't it? It comes back to the authenticity where you really need to believe in yourself and know yourself and trust yourself. Just as I used to some bulking young man, just sort of like, I'm getting these lovely flowers around you. Because you, know? <laughs> you do have moments when you have these visions and these things and you think like, I feel as mad as a box of frogs, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Don't you? I just... yes. But I love that. So your tips are sort of like, you know, calming down the breath work, trusting yourself and things like that. Are there any other tips? Yes. Well, you know, it, it's... Apart from buy um, the book. <laughs> well, buy the book, yes, obviously. <laughs> great, you know, buy the book, so, you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, absolutely. Um, uh, but... Um, I think I think the biggest one is really what we were just talking about, which is you want to practice, you know, and in the sense of um, because because intuition, in order to be able to act on it. See, the the problem is for a lot of people, we um, we rely on, you know, we we think that you, our intuition is this thing that comes in, you know, in these magical moments or maybe under emergency situations yeah, yeah. and look you know I've, I've got those stories too if you want to <laughs> I've got a thousand stories um but but the problem is is like the the example you gave about the you know the dark alley or whatever is that if we if we wait until things are really scary or stressful and then we're hoping that our intuition will help you know, will help navigate us out of the situation the problem is, is our intuition is like a muscle and it, it's almost like when, when, um, uh, but when we're, when we are stressed or freaked out about something, it's, it makes it actually a lot harder for us to hear our intuition because we, you know, when we're freaked out about something, you know, that, that thing that we are scared of that thing that we don't want to have happen that keeps kind of trying to take up all our attention and in a way that thing is being really noisy in our space mm -hmm. so unless unless we're really used to hearing 
you know, our intuition and knowing that, that that's what our intuition is, it's, it's really hard for us to listen to it in those moments. But it's a little bit like if I'm teaching people, because you know, a lot of people, of course, from a chiropractic point of view, their back issues are really, well, it's connected to their posture, you know, at, at work or just, you know, walking around or whatever. But the thing is, is like if, if people are waiting, um, you know, um, to try to get good posture, like after they've really injured themselves, it's, it doesn't mean that they can't do it, but it's much, much harder. Whereas if you practice good posture and then something untoward happens, you know, because, you know, you, you forget for a moment and you lift something incorrectly or something and you've injured yourself, well, actually, you're going you're gonna to recover a lot faster if you've, yeah. if you've got those muscles already working than if you've injured yourself and you've never worked those, those muscles. So yeah, take take the opportunity, but you know, particularly at the moment when people are stuck at home, bored, you know, it's you know, it's a perfect opportunity for people to practice if they want to take it. Um, yeah, because if if you practice that muscle it, ahead of time, and particularly if you practice it enough that you know how it is that your intuition talks to you, then. Um, as I said, it's it's like it is it is a trust thing, and so if we're waiting until we we want our intuition to talk to us about big life decisions, you know, buying a house, you know, marrying a particular person, moving country, taking a new job, you know, these, any of these big decisions, and we haven't actually practiced with our intuition, and the problem is is that we won't really know that it is our intuition talking to us if we haven't practiced it beforehand. Whereas if we have practiced it beforehand and we know, well, you know, it's, it's much, um, well, we know if that is the voice of our intuition. And so it's much easier to trust it and therefore have kind of confidence or certainty around the choices that we are making. Yeah, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. So earlier you said about the word how and how it takes you from like, you know, the yes or no, right and wrong, almost back to the childhood, isn't it? Is it right or wrong? <laughs> yes. And uh, But if you put in the powerful word of just how, it turns it into an action. So that's one word and that's one way of using it. Do you have like um, a daily, like an affirmation you use at all or do you just purely do your intuition? Uh, well, I think my, the, uh, see, I have a, what I call an intention I suppose, which is kind of like an affirmation. Yeah. I mean, an affirmation is just a statement of intention anyway. But anyway, for me, I've, I've really, I've had the same one for years. I mean, I might have other ones around particular little projects, but I've, I've had the same one for years, which is just every day I'm going at the, you know, at the end of every day, I'm going to be more of who I truly am, living in more joy than I did at the beginning of the day. Oh, wow. That's it. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. if if I achieve that, and you know, of course, I'll probably don't achieve it every day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if on average, you know, I have more days moving me closer towards who I really am than away from who I really am, well, um, I to me, everything else in life, well, you know, it'll just get taken care of in time. 
And, and as I said, there is such a close connection between intuition and being who you really are or living in your authenticity. Yeah, I mean, those two things, they just, you, is in a way you can't, you know, it's almost impossible to grow your sense of who you really are and live in your authenticity more without your intuition growing. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I was going to be a little bit new age about it, I'd say, well, you know, it's, it's there in the word itself. It's the tuition that comes from inside. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, it is that. I mean, the more that we are who we really are, because that's, that is actually the function of our intuition. Like I was talking about the, the pattern of the tree. Well, in a way, that's the function of our intuition to help us or to guide us or to tell us, you know, whether or not the things that we are doing is actually strengthening, you know, the pattern that is us or is actually, you know, weakening or distorting that pattern in some way. I love the word authenticity. It's up there again, along with the word intention and alchemy. Um, what I was going to ask is I, you know, like, because I'm quite authentic, I try to be like just so kind of spiritual writer for many years. And I thought it's not really me. Do you know what I mean, I'm from Essex, I'm quite forthright. And <laughs> so I've become more authentic and done lots of work with myself over the years. Do people have to like themselves or be self-aware to be authentic and use intuition? Or can you just start from where you are today? Well, um, I mean, obviously, if you like yourself, it helps. Yeah. But um, the thing is, uh, the problem is, of course, is that for, you know, we were talking about upbringing and. Yeah. So unfortunately, sometimes when we have been brought up in that sort of right, wrong thinking, and we've been given lots of practice at making ourselves wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's then really easy for us to not like ourselves. Um, and so that, that does make it harder because if we don't like ourselves, why would we then make choices that support ourselves? Kind yeah. of thing? And intuition is all about doing things that support you, that yeah. help you live more in your authenticity. And if you think that that's a bit suspect, that doesn't really help. So, one of the, the way that I talk about that for a lot of people, though, that helps them work around that, because, of course, to me, if you don't like yourself, actually what that tells me is, well, then you actually don't know who you really are. Yeah. Um, because if you knew who you really were, of course you'd like yourself. How could you not? Mm. You're bloody brilliant, you know. So, <laughs> um, but, see, the thing is, there's... There's two kind of ways of looking at uh, this kind of path. You know, one to me is kind of more, well, to, to my mind, it's more like a religious path. Okay. And the other one is more kind of um, this, what I consider a spiritual path because I, I have a bit of a distinction between those two things. Probably comes from being brought up Catholic, but, you yeah. know, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, to me... You know, the, the, the whole right, you know, the, the sort of the religious path is more, it, it is tied more into that right-wrong kind of thinking in the sense that it's almost like, well, you have to accept that you are imperfect and your job is to try to beat yourself into a state of perfection. So 
if that is the approach that you take, then the problem is, is that you're always looking for the things that are wrong about you. Yeah. Because then you have to try and make them right. And of course, that unfortunately makes it really easy to not like yourself because you're always looking for the things that are wrong about you. Yeah. That it kind of sucks really. And, and you know, it, I have never seen anybody successfully beat themselves into a state of self-love. So, you know, <laughs> I don't think that works very well. No. <laughs> Whereas for me, the spiritual path is, well, to me, it's really based more on the truth. What, or at least what I believe is the truth, which is that we are already perfect on one level of our consciousness or another. Yeah. It's like that tree, you know, the, the tree, you know, it, it, because of some of the rough things that it's been through in life, you know, it might be covered in mistletoe or vines or, you know, have some broken branches or whatever, but the pattern of that tree is still perfect. It's just not because of life circumstances, it may not at this point in time be able to grow according to that pattern. Um, but so for us, it's like we may have lost touch or, you know, we may have um, got disconnected from who we truly are, but who we truly are is perfect. Yeah. So it's, it's not that we have to make ourselves perfect. You know, to me, it's more that we, you know, we, we need to learn to reconnect to our perfection. And making something that's imperfect perfect, I mean, just even thinking about it, it feels really hard. <laughs> Whereas, you know, learning to connect to something that is already perfect, well, yeah. yeah, that's much more doable. And, of course, you know, that's one of the things that your intuition helps you with. And the more that we do that, it helps us understand that, well, I may not like who I'm being today, but that's because... I'm not actually today, I'm not being connected to who I really am. You know, the more I am connected to who I really am, well, of course, of course I'm going to like myself more. Yeah, when you said about the tree, I was like, that's so true. Like, because we've all come through and we've all got, you know, our branches snapped, been bruised and broken. But that's what makes us stand out. So whilst we all look like trees, we all look like humans, you know, it is <laughs> the wounds, the scars, the experience, you know, the yes or no boxes that make us who we are. And I think there should be something in there to love somewhere. Oh. But again, it comes down to trust, doesn't it? Like you have to trust yourself because you've got all these things in your brain that you've been told this is who you are, this is who you're going to be. And just for the record, I don't believe in perfection at all. I just think perfection is just someone else's perception, isn't it? Like their opinion of what should be perfect, but as no one's perfect, mm. there can't be any perfections. So we're just going to go around. I think, you know, beautifully flawed. Yeah. We go for beautifully flawed, well, I yes. think. <laughs> I guess the way that I look at it is the only perfect thing that we can be is a perfect us. Yeah, a perfect version of us, yeah. Yeah, that's and that but that's the perfection that I'm talking about connecting yeah. to. We don't need to connect to anything else. Yeah, and it's um you know that that see the thing is is that sometimes, you know, if people have got themselves into this this state where they really don't like themselves, they really don't trust themselves because they've got so far from who they really are. Yeah. I think that, you know, if they you know, can even just, even if they're not sure if it's true, even if they can just accept it as a working concept, you know, that, so, well, okay, 
they may not like who they are today or you know currently or whatever but there is this level of their of who they really are this version of themselves that you know that is you know brilliant that is um that, that of course they would not just like but love yeah. and that you know their their job is simply to every day just see if they can connect to that a little bit more it enables them to start moving in the right direction yeah and then you know it's like it's like momentum with anything once we start moving in the right direction things become easier and that's there's so much of what i found in all the years that i've been sort of working with people is that in many ways the hardest part of the work in the sense that um the part of the work that seems to be hardest on the clients that that seems to take them the, the the most time to work through is getting to a point where they actually give themselves permission to be who they really are yeah you know once people give themselves permission to be who, who they really are even if they don't know what that is just yet well things get easier you know it's a it's a strange thing it's almost like we think that we should be something that you know that we don't like bit weird but. <laughs> I like the permission I mean I work a lot with grief and mm. um and it's telling people you know give yourself permission to grieve because they think they have to be strong and then stiff upper lip and not now because it's practical and so to give yourself permission and it always seems a little bit daft that you have to because you know you're controlling your life you're accountable but it is that permission to grieve the permission to have a good day bad days and you know just let go yeah, absolutely. And it, it's interesting that, you know, you mentioned grief because it's, it's something that I've often seen with people, like when they in, when they start from um, being a long way from who they really are and they get, you know, they work with their soul seat, you know, and, and they do all the work, you know, to, to not just build their intuition, but, you know, be able to listen to themselves, trust themselves and they get back to a point where they are actually starting to be who they really are. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, you, and you, you can see the difference in them, but it's, it's really interesting that they then, they will often go through this period of grieving. So they, they've just, they get to this point, like, you know, things are starting to feel really good. And then they, this grief seems to come out of nowhere. And they, they often say to me, I, I don't understand what it is. I don't even understand what I'm grieving. And I, I'm, you know, and I've seen it so often that these days I almost expect it. It doesn't necessarily happen with everybody, but it it happens more often than not. And what it is that they're grieving, they're kind of grieving who they could have been yeah. if they'd been who they really are all along. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, whether they're grieving lost opportunities or they're, they're grieving the fact that, well, in a way that, you know, they, they let themselves lose themselves. For all that time yeah absolutely i always say that grief is triggered when we have a loss of anything we've got an emotional connection to so it could be even a job you love doing and you're made redundant you know you knew who you were in that job role if it's a dog that dies you know your health dies mm. you know whatever you know a grief will be triggered and i'm a bit far yeah. out as well and i believe it could be from a past life as well but sure. <laughs> we won't go there we sure. won't go there <laughs> Well, we can if you want, but yeah. <laughs> but I think it's more than just this life. Well, 
that you know, in a in a way, that's one of the other things that our intuition is good for. Is like, you know, so much of what causes arguments that gets us stuck, or you know, helps to keep us sort of thinking that we just have to continue being who we are today. Doesn't matter how messed up that is. Is the fact that we're often one of the most uncomfortable things that we can ever do is is change our reality. And one of the reasons for that is, you know, in my current reality, I know what is right, I know what is wrong, so I've got a pretty good chance of, you know, being right about stuff. Yeah. And of course, but if if I change realities, I I don't know what is right and wrong. Yeah. So, you know, the the thing about intuition, one of the reasons why it really helps us grow is because we get um, far more comfortable with shifting with shifting realities, even to yeah. ones that might uh, some people might find a bit you know unusual or whatever, <laughs> or a bit out there, or whatever you want to call it. Is that when we work with our intuition? Because and it, part of it, it's it's two things. One is is that we know that our intuition is always helping us navigate toward a, you know, a more expansive, you know, a more brilliant version of ourselves. So, see, the thing is, if, if we knew that we were, you know, okay, reality was going to change. However, and we, you know, and because reality is going to change, we don't know what the new reality is going to be like. But if you knew that the new reality was in some ways going to help you be happier, healthier, you know, wiser, more fulfilled, more inspired, more, you know, have more love in your life or you know, more abundance, whatever it is, well, would you really care? <laughs> so the thing is, is that with your intuition, whether you you use it to sort of just sort of connect to your future self or to look at the fact that, well, it doesn't really matter if reality changes because the one thing that you know is that you're going to be more of who you really are. Yeah. So it's all good. It is. Hmm. I could speak to you all day long. I truly could. I just think it's fascinating. <laughs> Well, if you want to do another one of these at some point, just let me know. Oh, it, yeah, it's fun it. chatting to you. Oh, I've loved <laughs> it. So people are going to want to come and work with you, buy the book and that. So you've got, Fractology's got a website, isn't it? Fractology's got a website. Um, there's, uh, you know, so um, they can find the book either through my website or the, the Hay House website. Um, Actually, on my website, if, if people are feeling like they need a little bit of extra support at the moment, if they go to my website, if they go to the, the kind of the meditation section of the, the website, there's a, there's a healing meditation that I've just got streaming there for people if they want to, um, just to help them. And it, it does take them through the soul scene and how to help use the soul seat to help themselves feel a bit calmer and, you know, help them work on their own health. So that might be useful. Uh, and there's also the um, there's also as I said my my new YouTube channel which I really I only started I'd been planning it for a while but um, I I actually only started it up about I don't know, three weeks ago or something. Okay, so I've got all the details. I put them in the show notes. And the book is the Soul's Brain: The Neurology and Logic of Your Intuition. Perfect. Fabulous, Catherine. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Absolutely oh, loved no, it. Brilliant. Bless you. Take care. Oh, and you too. Thanks, Shelley. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from shellyfknight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelly F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelly F. Knight and you've been amazing. <laughs>